Welcome to my lupus living room where we celebrate people living with lupus. My name is Suzanne. I am a mom, a wife, a business owner, and the CEO of the Lupus Foundation of America's Great Ohio Chapter, and a whole lot more. But most of all, I have lupus. My purpose and my passion are to help other people with lupus. For me, lupus was a lonely, miserable, misunderstood disease. And I'm here to tell you that today, it doesn't have to be. I'm excited to welcome my not-so-famous guests and with their inspiring stories that offer hope and inspiration to fellow Lupians. I believe this project will not only create awareness about lupus, but offer encouragement to those listening. If you're interested in being a guest in my lupus living room, please call me at 1-888-NO-LUPUS. Greetings, everyone. Hello and good afternoon. This is Suzanne Tierney here sitting in her lupus living room at the Lupus Foundation of America's Greater Ohio Chapter. And in my living room today, I have a special guest, an unusual guest at that. And it's because he's a man. How's that? And um, we're going to have a conversation with a young man who um, actually um, is a vendor of ours here at the chapter. And I stumbled across him. And, you know, I'm one of those firm believers that nothing's by accident. God puts you in front of people for a reason. And so um, he's our sales rep for Terraboost Media. And what's interesting about Terraboost Media is uh, when they first came to me, I they, they came to my real estate company where we were looking for some marketing tools. And they had these cute little uh, kiosks that go in stores and they have hand, me, hand wipes and sanitizer wipes with the advertising platform and then we ordered them and then all of a sudden covid came and it was like wow we got to jump on this no one else is going to have these so um but in talking with my guest and let's his name is ryan pike and with talking with him i came to discover um that he's just about as chatty as i am and uh, he shares the world with me and he shares the lupus world with me and it is so seldom that you come across a gentleman with lupus. So I want you to join me in welcoming Ryan Pike, my fellow male lupian. Hi, Ryan. How are you today? I'm great. How are you doing, Suzanne? I'm just living the dream here. Just, you know, looking forward to talking with you and have you share your story. Um, it's not often we get to speak to a young man with lupus. Um, and you have such an incredible story. But we only have 30 minutes for your story. But um, the good news is you've championed it and you've had some ups and downs and some learning um, experiences. And I just would like for you to share your story with us. And I believe he's not from Ohio. Are you from Indiana? Yes. Neighboring state? Neighboring yep. state. Good. So let's welcome Ryan Pike. It's your mic, Ryan. Awesome. Well, I will uh, just, Susanna, if you need me to like stop, you can always just hold two fingers up or whatever it is to signal me that you're, you're moving into something else. But um, yeah, I, um, I'm, I, I guess I'm what you call the, the unicorn because I am a male uh, living a life with lupus, lupus, as Suzanne calls it, a lupian. Um, so I found out that I had lupus back in 1997. Uh, and I was lifeguarding, uh, and I was, I was kind of, ironically, I was taking some, some acne meds at the time. I was a senior in high school, <clears throat> um, 
getting ready to enter the fresh my freshman year of college. Um, and just started getting while I was lifeguarded, started getting the the rash on my face, um, and started kind of getting some weird uh, some weird pains in 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 my hands. So of course I went to my dermatologist, and he did some blood work, and he said I'm going to send you to a rheumatologist. And I was like, okay, I just graduated high school. I don't really know what that is. I've really only ever seen uh, a pediatrician and a general doctor in my lifetime. So uh, I didn't really know a whole lot, but I went and I saw a rheumatologist and of course they ran some more tests and they said I had lupus. Uh, And back then uh, the internet was uh, just sort of, uh, you know, in uh, some, some neonatal stages. So I couldn't really, Google didn't exist. I couldn't, there wasn't a search engine where I could type in lupus. So they gave me a pamphlet, like a trifold pamphlet that said, here's what the rest of your life is going to be like. <laughs> We've come a long way. We have come a very, very, very long way. Um, so, so that was, that's, that's sort of, I found out that I had lupus at that stage. Uh, like most people, I think that do find out they have lupus. The first year was very challenging. Uh, I was on a lot of prednisone and that's not exactly, I didn't really consider that drug to be a friend. It did help with the swelling and the inflammation, but, uh, as, as many of you probably know, there are some, some side effects that, uh, that we don't typically enjoy. Um, part of the, I, I, I think the, So I I spent my freshman year of college at a commuter college called IUPUI. The year after that, I went down to Indiana University in Bloomington. And um, at that point in time, uh, I just had decided that I didn't like the prednisone and I took myself off of it without consulting my rheumatologist. As human beings, we think that, you know, we know our bodies better than anyone and that we're going to make the great decisions. And, and, and I would advise anyone that ever is in those shoes to make sure that you consult your doctor before doing so, uh, as I should have done. Uh, the long story of the short is that the first year of lupus was really challenging for me, especially after I took myself off prednisone. I had many, many, many challenges. Uh, just getting toothpaste out of the toothpaste, uh, you know, capsule. Like I just, I had to, there were times when I had to just put it on the countertop and use my elbow to kind of mash it down because my joints were so inflamed that I could not squeeze that toothpaste out. And so for a little bit of a while, as I started this, this, this lupus journey, uh, spirits were down. I wasn't, I wasn't in a good place. Uh, I, I didn't really understand why at 18, 19 years old, I felt like I was probably 70, 75, uh, and I couldn't really do the things that I had done in life literally a year and a half ago. I just, I didn't have the strength. I didn't have the energy. Uh, and then somewhere along the line, I contracted meningococcal meningitis. And I won't stay on that too long because I want to focus on the lupus, but it was a near-death experience. Um, I, I had massive surgeries done and was, was read last rites by a priest. And at that point in time in life, I sort of told myself, we've got to stop feeling sorry for ourselves that we have lupus because from here on out, 
we got a second shot. At, I, I got a second shot at life that should not have happened. So as soon as, as, so the meningitis was actually a really good thing because I got through it. Hopefully I don't ever go through it again. And hopefully nobody listening to this podcast or anybody not listening goes through it, but it really enabled me to accept the fact that I have lupus and that I have to live life, life with lupus and, and make some, some, some changes in life for the better that are, that are going to enable me to, li- to live with this disease. Um, one of the many challenges that I had that some of you may have had, I had uh, lupus nephritis. So my lupus attacked my kidneys at one point. Uh, and I had, uh, I went through a year of cytoxin. Uh, the cytoxin did not work. But again, I had a very, very positive attitude, even though I had to remind myself, we're not going to complain about lupus because we survived meningitis. We just have to accept lupus for what it is and, and we got to get through it. So one of the glorious things that came out of the lupus nephritis was that um, uh, after the cytoxin did not work, my nephrologist, I think, consulted with the Cleveland Clinic and they put me on Celsept, which was which is a drug they give kidney transplant patients after the transplant. And the Celsept did so well that they started weaning me off prednisone. In fact, they eventually got me 100% off prednisone. Then they got me 100% off Celsept, which I was a little nervous about because it was working so well. Uh, but they got me off. Uh, uh, they got me off Celsept, and then eventually had. By that point in time, they had me on uh, hydroxychloroquine, also known as Plaquenil. So, uh, and I've been on Plaquenil ever since then, and I have not had any major complications. Uh, you know, I haven't had anything quite like the, the lupus nephritis, uh, since that's happened. Uh, I do have the occasional, uh, you know, days like today where it's cloudy outside and I know it's cloudy outside before I wake up because my joints, your your barometer, your thermometer, (laughs) exactly. My barometer, my thermometer. Um, but I really think more than anything, um, you know, it, uh, the things that have, gotten me where I am today. One, it's, it's, it's attitude and it's mentality. And I firmly believe that what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Uh, and I'm a hundred percent living proof of that. So I, I, I do think that accepting, uh, you know, like the analogy that I always use, you know, you got to play the cards that you're given. Uh, and so I play the cards that I'm given to the best of my ability and it starts with attitude, uh, and 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 then I think it it goes into um, exercise and diet. And if you, um, you know, I, I haven't had to change my lifestyle a ton, but you know, I'm very cautious when it comes to sugars, uh, even when it comes to adult beverages with sugar. You know, I try to, I try to, I try to have like no sugar when it comes to those types of things, um, but. You know, those three things are the are, are the things that have, have gotten me where I am today, which, again, I, I know that I have this in the back of my head, but I, I, I wake up every day. I have as good of an attitude as I possibly can. I know I've got to exercise. I know I've got to eat right and, and stay away from sugars. And I feel like if I do those three things, I'm essentially doing everything that I can within my control to make sure that I enjoy the, uh, this, this thing called life, if that makes sense. Wow. So 
you know, this intrigues me because I want to know how you got the attitude you got. How did you get to that place? Because that is a huge stumbling block for people. I mean, you've said it over and over. You, you've had three roadblocks, okay, lupus, the meningitis, then the nephritis. And at each time you woke up and you said, it's okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do how. How did you get to that place? Because that's that is a roadblock for many people is the acceptance or the attitude. So, you know, if you could teach us that, we'd all be in a better place tomorrow. Sure, sure. I mean, it it really started with the meningitis because I I did not feel that way the first, you know, year and a half that I had lupus. Uh, But then when I had you know, the, the near death experience of meningitis. Um, and that, and, and, and what I went through post meningitis, I think was far worse than anything that I'd gone through lupus at the time. And and still to this day, um, you know, I had, uh, I had septicemia. So I had, uh, 10 little pigs went to the market, one came back. So I, I donated nine toes somewhere. Um, I had a below the knee amputation in, in waiting and all of a sudden doctors came in and said, Hey, we can, we can do this crazy massive surgery where instead of the below the knee amputation, we can, it's, it it was called a latissimus dorsi flap where they said we can two thirds of the bone, your right foot is healthy. We can debris it. We can remove your, your left latissimus dorsi muscle from your back and uh, wrap it around your, your, the bone, the healthy bone in your foot. We can take skin from your thigh, put that over it. And it's not going to really look like your foot, but at the end of the day, you don't have to screw it on and off every, every, every time you get out of bed. Um, So I think having, having that sort of near death experience being read last rites by the priest with, you know, my parents right there, and then actually surviving meningitis um, and going through all of the the hoops and the challenges that I had to go through after that, um, you know, again, I just, I sort of made a deal with myself that said, from here on out, you really shouldn't be alive. Like you got, you use up all nine lives in, in, in one instance. So, uh, that really kind of set the tone, uh, Another thing that was really kind of interesting to me uh, that my infectious disease doctor said, so when I contracted meningitis, my lupus was really, really bad. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he said, you know, part of the reason, like the major reason that you, you contracted meningitis is because your immune system was shot. And it was. I mean, I couldn't even get out of a bathtub if I tried to. You know, if, I, if you put me and in a I bathtub. And I understand that. Lupians understand that. It's a yeah. challenge. Yep. But the, but the, so he said, you know, you, you, you contracted this because of your lupus, but there's a really, really good chance that you survived this because of your lupus, because this, this sepsis, septicemia, this poisonous toxin enters your bloodstream and your lupus, you know, may have decided to stop attacking your immune system and to start fighting off the, the septicemia, the meningococcal septicemia. So you know, that in itself kind of threw me for a loop, but at the end of the day, it also made me kind of realize, Hey, lupus can be good in ways. Um, you know, the other thing is that I've always enjoyed 
being pushed and being challenged. And so living with lupus, I mean, there's, there's no question living with lupus in itself is a challenge and every day can be a challenge. Um, and so the fact that I enjoy a good challenge, if I just sort of put myself in the mindset of this is not a bad thing, this is just a challenge. And this is something that you have to learn to live with and learn to overcome. And if, and, and, and so once I was able to get out of the mindset that this is bad, this is not fair, life's not fair. Once I, I just shifted that mindset to, we have to look at it. Uh, don't look at, look at everything, even things that you think are bad, look at them and try to find something positive out of it. So the positive thing that I found is, Hey, this is a challenge and this is the type of thing that's going to build character and it's going to make my life all the more interesting, all said and done. Uh, and, and those are, those are challenges. Those are things that motivate, motivate me individually. So it's, it's, it's not easy to do, but, um, I just had a, I had a major, major shift in the mindset and, and I just, I just made a deal with myself internally. I said, we're just, we're not ever going to complain about lupus. We're going to, things are going to happen. They're going to be out of our control. Um, you know, another thing that, uh, another kind of way to look at it is uh, there's like this three bucket system, right? You have the bucket of things you can control. You have the bucket of things you cannot control. Then you have the bucket of things that you can influence. And a good mentor once told me in life, if you focus on the bucket of things that you can control and influence, and you don't focus at all on the things you have no control over, you're going to be doing just fine. Now, great. Now I'm going to do a bucket campaign. Is that okay with you? Works for me. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you and I share uh, uh, an area of this because I can't, I can't seem to teach people. I have the same attitude you have. Okay. Actually what I expect something else to happen. Okay. It's like, okay, I got through this hurdle. I'll be okay for a while, but there's something else coming down the street. All right. And it's like, okay, well, when it gets here, I'll deal with it. All right. And it just seems like every couple of years I, I have another something, you know, you know, lupus has its brothers and its sisters because it is an autoimmune disease. Um, we don't know what's coming at us. Yes. Yeah, so the meningitis, sure. Most of us, um, most lupus patients, my history and being with the organization for over 30 years here at the LFA, uh, most of our constituents, their demise is from an infection or pneumonia. Okay. So the fact that you championed meningitis is enormous. And so then I, you know, same thing with me. I, I had, I had a stroke from lupus. I had, I mean, I had a horrible journey uh, with it. And even today I, I have so many ups and downs, but I, I seldom do I ever really complain about it. And even here at work, if the staff, my poor staff, if one of them call in sick, okay, I look at them and I wonder, do they really know what sick is? You know, do they really know? And to me, if there's blood, you sh if there's blood, don't come to work. Otherwise, you should come. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I'm a terrible boss in that respect. It's like, I wonder if they know what it's like to be really, really sick, like sick every day. But I don't go around and whine about it. You know, like the storm that came in last night, my hands are swollen. 
the thing for me with um, you don't have you, you lost your toes for me is in the beginning I was a jeweler. All right, I can't wear that rings in it because my fingers get all crippled up and swollen. Then I have to cut them off. So then I had to make certain rings bigger. So for me, it was a ring thing. That was the worst thing that I had going on. Oh, yeah. But uh, yeah, so I guess I, I'm sharing the buckets with you because I expect the bad. Okay. But then I look, okay, here's what I can do. Okay. And, and maybe I can help this way. Okay, so I think conversations like this are important because there's so many of our fellow Lupians that are sitting home just waiting and weeping and are so depressed and, and their hearts are so heavy. And, you know, we do support groups here. We do patient education here. And I would encourage them. Um, I get great pleasure out of talking with other uh, uh my fellow Lupians. Uh, I learned from them and I can share with others privately. You know, I don't use their names or anything, but I like how you talked about you focus on exercise and what's with the sugar. Where did you get that from? I read in, so I did buy uh, a lupus, a, a book after I had lupus, because again, we didn't have search engines. You know, the internet was just a, it was neonatal at the time. Right. Um, so I went out and I bought a, a book or two uh, from the bookstore. And uh, something that I read uh, in that book was that you, you really want to try to stay away from sugar because sugar is not good for lupus patients causes inflammation i think it causes inflammation yeah probably yeah. causes and i and i and i do the occasional i mean it's i'll wake up sometimes at two or three in the morning and just need to go grab a pop tart and i'm, I'm okay <laughs> with that um but i i i really um you know i really focused on uh on on just eating healthy in general so uh, you know um I juice, uh, in the mornings, uh, I've got a, a Nutribullet. So I'll do like a, uh, that's where I get my sugar from for the mm -hmm. most part. You know, I get it from blueberries and strawberries and, and kale and, and oranges. And, mm -hmm. and I, I, I try to, I try to put, start my day out with something like that. Uh, and then, um, try to avoid, you know, fast foods. I mean, there was a point in time when I was in college, I mean, you're not going to, you know, you're eating whatever the fraternity is cooking for you or you're going out getting fast food or pizza or whatever. Uh, but then you're on your own. And, and so, you know, now I'm at a point where I, I try to try to grill and, and meal prep and make sure that I've got, you know, chicken or uh, something that is that is that I've cooked that, that has not come from a fast food restaurant oh, yeah. and have that for the week. Um and I, and, and I've just kind of learned by doing, you don't have to make major changes. I mean, again, I, I still enjoy the occasional go out and get a, get a basket, a basket gotta of hot wings. Got to have a pizza sometime. Yeah. Pizza as sure. well. Yep. I need my carbs because mm -hmm. I work out as well. Um, but you know, do everything in, in, in moderation. And, 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 and so again, that, that kind of falls in the, that's in that bucket of things that, you know, it's not it's more or less things that I can influence, right? I can influence my health if I have a healthier diet. And I know if I have a healthier diet, that's kind of less sugary and more natural, then, then I'm, I'm, I'm helping make sure that my lupus doesn't exist as much as, as, as it, as it really does. Um, so again, you know, these are all just kind of things I read in a book. These are, 
this was a long time ago. You really need to like try to do these things. If, mm-hmm. if you want to live uh, as close to a life as you were living uh, without lupus, um, you know, and just, it just, just, you know, those are, those are things that have helped me get from where, I, you know, where I was when I found out I had lupus to where I am today, if that makes sense. Right. So you didn't, can we ask how old you are now? I'm 43. 43. So you were in 18. So you've had quite a journey. Now you say you exercise, but are you challenged with your legs? You lost your toes. They had to do surgery on your foot and stuff. Can you work out? I mean, I can. Yep. I believe it or not, I have run three mini marathons, all, uh, not a single one with 10 toes, all with, you know, my kind of club foot and my other toe with one foot. I have amazing shoe inserts, uh, that I wear. I don't run mini marathons anymore. That was kind of in my, that was in my thirties, like late twenties, early thirties when I ran the, the mini marathons. Um, but now, nowadays, you know, I'll go to the gym and, um, uh, I have, uh, I, I told you I'm recovering from, <clears throat> so I ski, uh, I tore my ACL in January. So I've been recovering from that, uh, surgery, which requires a lot of, a lot of leg, leg weight days. Uh, but I'll run two to three miles on a treadmill once or twice a week, hit the elliptical, hit the bike. Um, and just, again, it's, it's just doing something right. I'm, what I'm not doing is I'm not sitting around. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm relieving stress, which I do through working out. Uh, and then also, uh, just kind of, you know, just, just kind of kicking the cobwebs off, off the joints, you know, getting them active, getting them moving and, and, you know, whether or not they are, I mean, I, I truly believe that by, by doing these things, by staying active and, and getting up and, and getting out and going to a gym and, and having that regiment, you know, four, four times a week, those are all things that, that help me uh, live with lupus. Well, and you certainly help us by inspiring us because if you can do it, other people yeah. can do it too. Absolutely. So the good news is moving forward, this COVID crazy year, I call it through all of this insanity, uh, we were actually able to get, two drugs approved through the FDA for lupus nephritis. Nice. First time it's ever been done. Usually we borrow drugs from other illnesses. Okay. Sure. So, you know, you said you're under control right now and you're just on hydroxychloroquine, right? Correct. So, so you know, hopefully you never need it again, but there are two new drugs out there. And I have to tell you, the pharmaceutical companies, GSK and Arena Pharmaceuticals, they have been very supportive of the Lupus Foundation. And we're really thrilled that they were the ones who came up with the medications. And for those of you with lupus nephritis, you have a better tomorrow. Absolutely. And as always, you know, for the horizon, we'd look to eradicate lupus someday or to have a better better understanding of the causes. So um, I know we've run out of time, but I'm curious, do you have siblings or anyone else in your family who has lupus? Uh, not that I know of, uh, we, we, we could not trace it back to anything. I mean, I, I know I have family members with arthritic symptoms, but there, there, there isn't any known, uh, family member that has ever had lupus. And that was, uh, um, you know, again, with mine, it was so strange because I was lifeguarding. I got sunburnt really bad. 
I was on this weird medication that you probably like I was kind of on and off of it. And I had taken a couple of pills because I had like a little bit of a, a flare up. So, you know, who knows? I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's probably a family member if, if you know, if you dug dig, dig enough that had it. But it could have been kind of like medically induced or maybe the, the that whole kind of thing just brought it to the surface. Right. They say you have it all your life and something triggers it to actually say, hey, I'm here. <laughs> right. So I don't know if I shared this with you, but I'm an um, identical twin. Okay. Oh. And we're 100 percent DNA matched. All right. And yet she's as healthy as could be. And uh, here I am, um, who's had an incredible journey with it. Uh, but they did ask us in the beginning. Um, so, yes, they're saying it's it, it. Now they're saying it can be genetics. Two other researchers can say what well, could be an environmental trigger. OK. And I know someone was doing some study on well water. Well, we grew up on well water. Right. Yeah. And um, and then I, we both had uh, mononucleosis a couple of times. And so did, did it come from there? We don't know. So a lot of work needs to be done. Um, I do know that there are family members who do have multiples in their families. And then looking back, if we look at our grandparents, you know, they didn't they didn't have the test that we have today. So we don't know what they had. Who knows what they all had? Exactly. But, Ryan, you are an inspiration, and and whenever I talk to you, just catty chatty, and you got more to offer. I wasn't expecting the the ski trip fall. <laughs> me <sorry>. neither. <laughs> <laughs> sorry that happened to you. That you know that happened to me. I went to Paris and I found broke my arm, and then I another episode I found broke both legs, and that put me in a nursing home. And you're right. You just dust yourself off. Get back up and get your buckets on a row and you get to choose what goes in those buckets. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And so, so everyone, let's thank Ryan Pike for visiting us here in our lupus living room at the lupus foundation of America's great Ohio chapter. Ryan, we wish the best for you. Uh, you keep working out and you keep getting better and you share your stories with others. Um, you are the unicorn. Thanks for coming. Thanks bye -bye. for having me. Uh -huh. Bye-bye. Bye -bye. Remember, there is no I in lupus, but there is an us. Until next time, this has been my lupus living room with the Lupus Foundation of America's Great Ohio Chapter. For more information and resources to help you in your lupus journey, please visit lupusgreatohio.org or call 1-888-NO-LUPUS. The funding for my lupus living room is from an earmark from the state of Ohio and managed by the Ohio Department of Health. Your physician is the best person to help you in the treatment of lupus. The information you learn here today can be discussed with your doctor. As your physician knows your medical history best, do not make any medical changes without consulting your physician first. As with any treatment, stay educated and get information from trusted sources.